0: Hello and welcome back to episode 4 of Cinema at First Sight. Today I am joining you from New York City finally i've been allowed out of lockdown in sydney flown across the world but this podcast isn't about me my life is completely irrelevant so if this is your first time listening the premise of cinema at first sight is that i will review either the first half of a movie or the first episode of a tv show and make judgment calls about it based on as little information as possible so that's what we're going to do today Now, the movie that I'm going to be tackling is the adaptation of the 2017 Tony Award-winning Broadway musical Dear Evan Hansen, starring Tony Award winner Ben Platt in the role he originated. If you've been on social media lately, you will know that this is quite a contentious film many a negative comment has been thrown its way, so I'm pretty excited to delve in and talk about how I feel about the first half. But let's move along to the first question, is this a rewatch or is this a first-time watch? It's a first-time watch of the movie, however, I am no Dear Evan Hansen musical novice. I'm actually an active fan and, um, Bragg was lucky enough to see the original Broadway cast in 2017 for $500 a ticket, which my mother reminds me of to this day. Literally, whenever I'm being annoying, she'll say Hanson to guilt me into stopping and, goddamn it, it's effective. But this is my first encounter with the film. So I'm just gonna delve into some of the basic plot points that we've experienced so far. So the movie begins with a song, which considering it's a musical is definitely appropriate. Right off the bat, we're met with waving through a window, all about how titular protagonist Evan Hansen aka Ben Platt, who suffers from pretty severe social anxiety, feels super alone and like a total outsider, If you're a fan of the musical, you'll know that this means the first two songs were cut which, yes, definitely a controversial move. After falling out of a tree alone, Evan's now rocking a cast, which his mum Heidi, played by Academy Award winner Julianne Moore, encourages him to get signed by all of his friends at school, but plot Twisty doesn't have any. To try and help with his anxiety, Evan's therapist has given him some homework to write himself a letter a day talking about why it's going to be great, which may seem like a random thing to bring up right now, but spoiler alert, it's an important plot point affecting things to come very soon. Once he gets to school, he gets yelled at in the hallway by emotionally volatile loner Connor Murphy, whose sister just so happens to be Zoe, the girl Evan's been secretly in love with for years. A few hours later when Connor's decided to stop being moody, he gives Evan's cast a pity sign, writing his name across literally all of it, before accidentally stumbling upon Evan's note to himself for the day. Obviously, you guessed it, the note starts off with the words Dear Evan Hansen because we love a title name drop, and then goes on to mention Zoe, which does not go down well with Connor. He gets paranoid and thinks Evan wrote it to try and provoke him and then storms out with it. A few days later, Evans called into the principal's office to meet Connor's parents who tell him that Connor committed suicide and they think that Evan's note to himself was Connor's suicide note addressed to him. Evan tries a couple of times to tell the truth, however Connor's mom, side note played by Amy Adams, is so happy at the prospect of Connor and Evan being secret best friends that he just sort of goes along with it. A bad move. They invite him over for dinner and because he's already dug himself a sizable hole, he ends up inventing a story that the reason Evan broke his arm was that he and Connor were climbing trees together at an orchard and that Connor then drove him to the hospital after he fell out of said tree. So, I guess in a weird way Evan is now using this invented friendship as a form of therapy and, as a perk, get close to his dead fake best friend's sister, a morally murky web of deceit. Evan comes clean to his sassy family friend Jared and gets him to help tangle him further in a web of lies by fabricating backdated emails between himself and Connor, which sounds incredibly messy and problematic, because it is. However, it's done in the form of song through the bop Sincerely Me, so moral ambiguity, be damned. For a while, we actually kind of get bop after bop. Zoe and her parents start feeling conflicted about the fact that they're not properly grieving Connor's death because he was kind of a problematic person and sing the song Requiem. And then after that, Zoe confines in Evan that she's super confused that Connor shouted her out on his suicide note because she thought he didn't even like her. In response, Evan sings If I Could Tell Her about everything that Connor apparently felt about Zoe that he was too afraid to disclose. However, we know it's really just about Evan being secretly in love with her. We love some moral gymnastics. You gotta make me work for a clear message. After that, fellow classmate Alana, played by Rue from The Hunger Games, somehow manages to contact Evan and discloses that she too is dealing with similar mental health issues in a new original song, The Anonymous Ones, and suggests that they set up a group commemorating Connor's memory and promoting mental health initiatives called The Connor Project. Wanting to continue to ride off the cloud of Connor's death, Evan agrees and he announces it at the next assembly with a speech that is literally one of the hardest things to watch in film or musical history. He is nervousness personified and drops all of his speech cards and I don't know about you but I wanted to leave the room and I wasn't even there. I was watching through a screen waving through a screen, if you will, I'll leave. But eventually he decides to sing his feelings, which works out way better, and riffs about his classic fake Orchard bonding moment in the song You Will Be Found, which is filmed by the student body, uploaded online, and goes viral. Because apparently becoming internet famous is that easy. Zoe is super appreciative, and thanks Evan for helping out her family, and oh my god, it looks like it's on between them. And that is officially the halfway point. Okay, I'm ready to dive in. Let's go into the first analytical question. What are some of my favorite moments or moments I consider to be most exciting or most pivotal? I think my favorite thing about this movie so far is that everyone's performances are honestly great. I know there's been a ton of controversy over casting Ben Platt, which I'll get into later when we talk about problematic moments, but I think his portrayal is really good. He originated the role, he wanted Tony for it, he is Evan Hansen. Plus, everyone else I think has been really well cast too. Caitlin Deva, Diva? I've only ever read it, I don't know how to pronounce it. She's making the best of Zoe, who could arguably be a pretty annoying character. Julianne Moore, no doubt about it, a queen, an icon, and I'm sorry in advance for the horrible pun, but I want to see more of her. Nick Dodani as Jared is also super funny. I'm just really loving everyone. Another thing that I like about it are that the songs from the Broadway show Not Incorporated are played by the band in the background. It's subtle, it's small, but it's a little nod to original fans, and I understand that songs need to be cut for time. I weirdly also like that they started with waving through a window because obviously it's probably the most iconic and recognizable song from the show, as well as super well thematically sums up the emotional state of pretty much everyone in the show, so I think it's a great little orientation. And I like the addition of the new song, The Anonymous One. I think it fits really well with the style of the show and the other songs and doesn't stand out as clearly being a movie edition. And another one of my holistic favourite things about the film is the vocal editing. I think the singing sounds really organic and natural and not overly produced or auto tuned at all. I don't know if it was live or pre-recorded or a combination of both. My guess is probably the latter, but whatever they did, it completely works. I think Dear Evan Hansen with insane vocal production would be so inauthentic and just immediately snap you out of emotionally investing in the story. Which, let's face it, is a goddamn roller coaster. but that is not the case. The vocals enhance that emotional journey rather than work against it. So good job vocal editing team. And then I didn't mention her before when I was talking about everyone's performances because I wanted to give her a special shout out. Amy Adams. She's killing it. And honestly, she really doesn't have to be going as hard as she is. Her character is kind of not that relevant but she is bringing her a-game and I appreciate it give this woman an Oscar not necessarily for this role because that would be out of left field but like just give her an Oscar for something and then yeah I guess probably the most pivotal moment is either when Evan decides to lie about being Connor's friend or at the end when he goes viral and his lies slowly become more and more grandiose and more cloudy now let's flip that let's move on to some of my least favorite moments or moments that i consider to be least exciting or least pivotal number one least favorite thing this sounds shallow because it is but it's ben platt's hair it's just is bad it's really really bad like distractingly bad i don't know why that choice was made his normal hair is literally fine but this an insult an eyesore and then another least favorite thing is i don't know why amy adams isn't singing more if you have giselle on hand and at your disposal you capitalize on it. Or apparently you give her like two lines in Requiem and call it a day. Absolutely disgraceful justice for Amy. And yeah, just like another thing that I am currently having a problem with is, don't get me wrong, I'm loving Julianne Moore's performance because literal icon who elevates everything she's in. However, I'm not really liking how absent of a mother her character is. One of the most important parts of the musical is the relationship between Evan and his mom. However, so far she's been in what, like two scenes? Their relationship is basically a non-existent factor in this movie, and I just don't understand why that choice was made. I mean, the woman's an Oscar winner. What other qualification does she need to earn herself more screen time? And then, yeah, I'm probably gonna seem contradictory considering I said that I didn't really mind that the songs were cut and I understand that songs need to be cut for time. But the fact that does anybody have a map has been cut does mean we don't get as much of an understanding of the dynamics of the Murphy family or the relationship between Evan and his mum from the onset. Yes, I understand a two and a half hour musical being distilled into a 90ish minute movie means that some things are going to have to be excluded and that that song isn't exactly the biggest bop. However, it does provide some pretty good character relationship information. I just hope in the second half that gets expanded upon and the function of this song is replaced and compensated for in some way. Also, get ready for some more contradiction because even though I do like the song The Anonymous Mon, I feel like it goes on for a while. It just doesn't really seem to end so like the second half of the song the last two minutes are probably the least pivotal moment because it's just rehashing themes we've had throughout the entire movie i find it a bit random that some pretty important songs were taken away for this one to be featured and make Amanda's character alana way more prominent than she was in the musical at the expense of the development of other more integral characters it's an interesting choice and i'm just not sure whether i'm on board But let's go into a little character deep dive. Some of my favourite characters. I say some, that was optimistic. Uh, I have one favourite character, Jared, Evan's family friend. He seems to hikey hate Evan and makes it very clear that their, for lack of a better word, friendship, is purely due to their parents knowing each other and completely inorganic. But at the same time, he's not an active bully. They still hang out and he's really funny. He's there to provide some much-needed comedic relief. I also like that in this iteration, Jared is gay, and it's not a big deal. It slipped in super casually, and I think that's pretty much to respect and incorporate the actor Nick Dadani's sexuality into the film, but any kind of subtle progressive change I'm a fan of, especially if it literally doesn't matter and is not used remotely as a form of tokenism. And yeah, that's about it. Not that I didn't like anyone else in the movie because as I said before, I really loved, honestly, everyone's performances. Everyone really brought their A-game. But in terms of favorite characters, not really that many come to mind. Now let's move on to some least favorite characters. Controversially, I'm gonna have to go with Connor. He's, He's not very nice. I completely understand he was definitely going through some pretty intense mental health issues. I just think they were not probably being dealt with because he acted out in fits of rage that were not a fun time. But then he'd do something vaguely nice to temporarily win you over and gaslight people and then alienate you again with another anger outburst. I guess he just acts as a reminder to seriously deal with mental health head on. And then yeah Connor's dad. I can't even remember his name to be honest. He's just kind of the worst. He's completely sullen and seems to hate his son, which like, yeah, I did just say that Connor is also one of my least favourite characters, but I wasn't partially responsible for raising him. So I have no attachment or obligation to be a fan. As his dad or stepdad or whatever he is, he should probably care whether or not he lives or dies. And I know to break in a glove, the song has been cut because obviously it's the worst and most boring song in the musical, but that means there's not even a redeeming moment coming up for his character. So I don't know if his least favourite character This is gonna change now moving on to the next category which is normally pretty jam-packed is storylines i think will be expanded upon or should be expanded upon or what i want to see more or less of this probably isn't going to be as filled to the brim as usual because, I mean, I kind of know what will be expanded upon. As I said, I'm quite familiar with the plot of the original musical, so I'm not going to make any guesses in that arena. However, what I want more of, I've said it before, I'll say it again, give Julianne Moore more screen time. I want to see the depth of the relationship between Evan and his mom, Heidi. I want the stakes there to be higher. Otherwise, the story of a sullen son who doesn't really care about his mum at all bonding with another family is completely different and way less important than the story of a close mother-son relationship being tested by her need to provide for them and his consequential conflicted feel of abandonment that he's attempting to aid by getting close to this new family. I'm assuming, contrary to popular belief, based on every review that I've read so far, I want the morals to be more ambiguous. What can I say? I like it messy. Also, again, for the love of God, give Amy Adams a song. Three lines in Requiem absolutely does not cut it. That is not it. Give her a moment to shine. And in terms of what I want to see less of, again, I feel kind of bad about it, but probably Alana. Not to shade a manla. I like that the movie, through The Anonymous One, wanted to shine more of a light on the ubiquity of mental health struggles, but it feels super random that a character who at the beginning of the film was literally irrelevant is now somehow, A, able to contact Evan, despite the fact that she's seemingly never spoken to him before, and there's no logical reason why she would already have his number, is now popping up everywhere. And her character is just so different from the way she's portrayed in the musical. Alana in the musical is kind of obnoxious and very type A and annoying, which makes total sense as to why she does something pretty bold later in the show, which I will not spoiler alert, but this mild, more sympathetic and introverted Alana, I don't see doing that. Even though I'm assuming she does because otherwise the film would have a completely different ending. Actually, who knows? I haven't seen the second half. Maybe in this movie, Evan gets away with it and everyone lives happily ever after. Except for the Murphys, who are forever gaslit and lied to in addition to losing their son brother. Let's dig ourselves out of that emotional depth and move on to some problematic moments in brackets, if applicable, because I don't want to force anything to be on PC, but I want to address some of the criticisms. A lot of reviewers and people online have been criticising the nature of the plot and saying that it's super problematic, and I just want to say, like, literally what? The plot has not changed remotely from the Broadway show, so I don't understand why people are upset now. Also, is Evan depicted as being a flawless human being who makes no mistakes? God, no. Are we even supposed to forgive him by the end? I don't know. It's totally up to the viewer. And also, this podcast is called Cinema at First Sight, so no comment on the ending. I read a review that said they felt like the idea of a movie saying one life was taken to give life to another is problematic, but I didn't really get that at all. Evan does an indisputably terrible thing. He is a messy, flawed human. Should he be totally cancelled forever for that mistake? Literally totally up to you, I'm not gonna guide you morally. Is the show or in this case movie suggesting that this is the ideal route to go down and you should do it too? Literally not at all. I think that everyone behind and in front of the camera as well as everyone watching understands that it's bad. Not every character or protagonist has to be a role model or a morally upstanding didactic martyr. Characters can be flawed. Because human beings are flawed. As long as they are written by someone totally aware of the fact that they're flawed, who isn't trying to push a problematic agenda, I think that's fine. Truthfully depicting moral ambiguity is A-OK in my book. And if you can't come to the conclusion that what Evan chooses to do is awful on your own and need to be shielded from it or have it neatly pointed out to you by making him a total villain, then you need more help than a two-hour movie can provide. And then the second problematic element that everyone's been criticising is the fact that Ben Platt is old. Like, yeah, does he look older than 17? For sure. Yeah. But also, have you ever seen a movie or a TV show? Everyone is 40 playing a high schooler. That's how Hollywood works. And I don't know why this movie was singled out and criticised for that in particular. Evan Hansen is Ben Platt's role. If someone else played it, people would have complained. The fact that he is playing it at age 27, people are complaining. Literally, what choice would have been the right one? I don't know. Now let's move on to what category of viewing is it? The three that I always set up for myself are trash, meaning that it's absolutely terrible, completely horribly written, produced, directed, all of the above. Treasure, meaning that it's a genuinely good movie. I'm enjoying it and it's well made. Or guilty pleasure, meaning it's not well made at all. But despite that fact, I'm kind of hardcore into it. So yeah, this may be controversial, but I'm going to deem it a treasure. I don't even feel that guilty about liking it, apart from the fact that it is being received super poorly. I don't understand all of the hate. No, it's not a perfect movie. Yes, the show is definitely better, but it's pretty good and really enjoyable for both Dear Evan Hansen fans and Dear Evan Hansen novices. So I think people should just give it a go and suck it up and stop nitpicking at every single thing that is in it. Now, onto viewing style. Who would I watch it with? Where would I watch it? And who would I not watch it with? A.K.A. the least and most ideal viewing circumstances. I obviously enjoy watching things at the movies, so loved actually being able to return to a cinema and experience half of it there. However, I feel like you could 100% watch this movie at home and it would work just as well. Ideal viewing experience would definitely be watching it with some theatre-loving friends. However, least ideal viewing experience for me would be watching it with theatre friends that are too up themselves to derive any enjoyment from the movie adaptation and constantly talk through it about how much better the musical is. Like, yeah, it is. It is better. But this movie's good. And if you're a fan of the musical, I don't see why you wouldn't at least have a good time watching the movie. Unless you're taking yourself too seriously. Like, don't approach everything from the perspective of a highfalutin snob. It's not the horrendous train wreck Twitter's making it out to be. Second last question, will I keep going with the rest of the film? Yeah, absolutely. I know what happens next, but I still want to watch it. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time. I like singing along to the songs. I like going along for the ride of the emotional roller coaster, The admittedly morally ambiguous one, but I like a good emotional challenge. And I'm really enjoying everyone's performances and just want to see what everyone in the cast has to offer in the second half of the film. So, final question, overall rating out of five, I think I'm going to give it a solid three. It's good. It's fun. It's enjoyable. I think people will like it if they stop listening to the negative critiques and actually form an opinion on their own. And with that, I'm going to dismount from my soapbox. I recommend you give the musical a go. I think it's still out in cinemas at the moment. If not, as always, Put Locker, 123 Movies, all of the above legal platforms exist. Pop off, give it a go. And I will talk to you next time where I will be reviewing a show that I have not picked yet because as always, I don't like planning in advance. And I'll talk to you then. Bye.